The Whistleblower Report, exposing lies, deceptions, and all that has assaulted our way of life. We must take back our freedom and live as God designed in a free America that honors our Constitution and our Creator. Our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. For such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Sometime on February 24th, 1836, William Barrett Travis sat down at a quiet spot in the Alamo and wrote one of history's most remarkable messages. To the people of Texas and all Americans in the world, fellow citizens and compatriots, I am besieged by a thousand or more of the Mexicans under Santa Ana. I have sustained a continual bombardment and cannonade for 24 hours and have not lost a man. The enemy has demanded a surrender at discretion. Otherwise, the garrison is to be put to the sword if the fort is taken. I have answered their demand with a cannon shot. And our flag still waves so proudly from the wall. I shall never surrender or retreat. Then I call on you in the name of liberty or patriotism of everything dear to the American character to come to our aid with all dispatch. The enemy is receiving reinforcements daily and will no doubt increase to three or four thousand in four to five days. If this call is neglected, I am determined to sustain myself as long as possible and die like a soldier who never forgets what is due to his own honor and that of his country. Victory or death. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report, and this is the Border Report, continuing our series of looking seriously and honestly and truthfully with what is happening on the U.S. border under the Biden's betrayal of America and our Constitution, our sovereignty, and our border security that had been so improved under President Trump. The problems were not solved under the previous administration, but they certainly were better than they had been under President Obama. Living in Arizona, roughly 80 miles from the border, I was watching the damage done under the eight years of the Obama administration. President Trump turned it around as best he could in only four years and working closely with Border Patrol. And now under Biden, the lawlessness has skyrocketed 
and there is no border enforcement. In fact, a very poignant appeal from Kenny County, Texas Sheriff Brad Coe was just given to me by one of our Border Patrol whistleblowers, who is a guest today on the show under his pseudonym name, Agent Sam Adams. And that's an appropriate name given Sam Adams' role in the first American Revolution fighting for liberty and for our country, who later became president. So, Agent Sam Adams, welcome today. I I want to start by reading the letter from Sheriff Brad Coe. And this reminds me very much of Colonel Travis' letter from the Alamo asking for help and reinforcements under dire conditions at the Alamo in Texas. And we know what happened there and the fact that they did not send reinforcements and everyone at the Alamo lost their lives. I think one of the slogans in Texas, where I've had a practice since 1995, along with my Arizona practice, slogan in Texas is often remember the Alamo. And this is another day and time when our law enforcement, our defenders of liberty in our country are asking in a poignant plea for help. This is from Sheriff Brad Coe. I write this letter to inform Texans of the current crisis we are facing on our border and ask that we come together in forming a solution. The border crisis that Texans faced last year rages on and has now impacted many of your homes and has rendered every Texas county a border county. Kinney County consists of 3,129 souls and heavily relies on ranching and hunting to sustain our economy. The safety and security of our county has been under constant threat since early 2021 by those who have no desire to seek asylum through lawful means. Due to our geographic location, situated between Del Rio and Eagle Pass, we are painfully aware of the degrees to which illegal aliens will wreak havoc in our communities. Our homes are being broken into in the middle of the night. The local school district has been forced to erect military barricades around campus to protect students from smugglers evading law enforcement. Walking outside on our own property after dark is no longer safe. The residents of Kinney County no longer enjoy the comfort and safety of their own home. Words cannot adequately describe the conditions on the ground and the daily threats we have been forced to contend with. Under normal circumstances, our county would not support a large or robust law enforcement presence. However, these are extraordinary times. We have taken as many steps as humanly possible to secure the safety of our residents. Kinney County currently maintains a law enforcement presence on both the roadways and local ranches. 
a county brush team has been created to patrol, interdict, and arrest individuals committing criminal trespass and home burglaries on local ranches. Both Galveston County and Goliad County have graciously aided our efforts in the field. However, resources and manpower are stretched to the breaking point to successfully maintain these operations. We are therefore expanding our request and calling upon the people of Texas and beyond for your help. While the limited resources of one county alone will not successfully address the current border crisis, we are empowered by our constitution, our citizens, and our governor to establish working coalitions and task forces to uphold the law and ensure the peace in our state. In a recent letter received by Governor Abbott, he encourages counties to act as coalitions to, quote, combine their resources and coordinate their activities to successfully protect their own residents, end quote. By sending this letter, I am requesting any aid that your county may be able to provide in this border crisis, whether it be manpower, equipment, or operators. This crisis has made all counties a border county. It is imperative that we stand ready here at the border in order to protect and serve the people of our great state. Please reach out directly with any questions you may have regarding these requests and the practical logistics for this opportunity. And I'm issuing a personal invitation to Sheriff Brad Coe to come on the whistleblower report and tell America the truth about what he's facing. At any time, we are here to provide a platform for truth against the lies and deception. And I want to also quote a Texas rancher who tweeted this message. It's at Texan40 for those of you on Twitter. When I'm not working cattle and raising kids, I'm day and night, quote, border patrol, end quote, law enforcement for the ranch. This SHIT is getting old. Biden has committed treason against the United States. And our guest shared with me a quote from the woman who is currently our vice president and participating in the Biden administration's lawlessness at the border and betrayal of America. And this is what she said when she was California Attorney General, quote, Kamala, Har Kamala D. Harris, California Attorney General, quote, transnational gangs are the number one threat to California's public safety. These predatory criminal organizations destabilize our communities with drugs, guns, and human trafficking. Today marks a major victory in our ongoing fight to keep California safe from these predators. And only a few years later, she has betrayed the entire country 
of America with the open borders, human trafficking, guns and drugs that now threaten our entire country. Agent Adams, thank you for being with us today. And I appreciate all the whistleblower information you've given me so that we can get it to the American people. So let's talk about Sheriff Coe's appeal and what he's asking for, where he sent the letter and what's being done about it. And then in the show today, I'd also like to compare you're in Texas where you have more support. I'm in Arizona where we have little support from our government for the state of Arizona. Let's look at how the two states compare on the seriousness of the border crisis, particularly for the ranchers who are trying to live and work on the, on the border. Yes, ma'am. Um, I would like to say that, unfortunately, um, as a Border Patrol agent, I can testify. Um, this is a firsthand account. I am not some person who's up in D.C. I am not some person who stands up in Austin or the capitals. Um, speaking out theory, I speak from personal experience and, of course, firsthand accounts in my own analysis. Unfortunately for all the ranchers and landowners along the border, the federal government, we already know, has completely left you behind. Um, they've left you behind um, in order to keep their open borders agenda. And unfortunately, what many do not say is the state has also left them behind to fend for themselves against narco-terrorists and an invasion, the weaponization of mass migration onto their own personal property. You know, um, it's actually sad that these ranchers have actually been trying to get the word out about this and the smuggling operations, the cartels, the invasions, the national security issues on their private land for a long time. Um, if you remember, you may know uh, Sue Krentz uh, in Arizona. Oh, yes. I she, know that situation very well. It was a tragic, tragic situation with the death of her husband on his own property by an illegal alien. Yes, ma'am. Um, and she said a really good quote um, that's even more relevant today. And that is, it's all irrelative until it is your relative. <laughs> Unfortunately. Unfortunately for all these ranchers, um, you are your own first response. This mantra was stated by retired Green Beret, Command Sergeant Major Mike Glover. He owns the company called uh, Fieldcraft Survival. You can see him on, he has a YouTube channel. But this is painstakingly true for all landowners on, along the border. And um, like I said before, ranchers have been trying to, uh, for years, trying to sound the alarm. I, I kind of want to go back I want to backpedal to your Kamala Harris statement and why she said that. Um, it was um, in 2011, um, the cartels uh, were really, that was in a transition period where they were actually transitioning from just criminal organizations to an insurgency. Jason Jones, frequently, if you ever hear him, he frequently talks about this time period in which the cartels uh, completely trans transitioned into just being criminal ele elements into a full-on insurgency, both inside Mexico and on the U.S. 
And so in 2011, the 82nd um, Texas legislature recognized this critical issue and the numerous accounts of cross-border violence and the and tasked the Texas Department of Agriculture via House Bill 4 to conduct an assessment of the impact of illegal activity along the Texas-Mexico border on rural landowners and the agriculture industry and working in conjunction with other appropriate entities to develop recommendations to enhance border security. That uh, the act commissioner at that time was actually Todd Staples. Um, what's, what is sad is over a decade ago, ranchers were dealing with a spillover of an insurgency. And unfortunately it was not the governor at that time period, Rick Perry, that did anything about it. It wasn't the attorney general who was Greg Abbott did anything about it. These ranchers and landowners actually had to go to the ag commissioner to do something about it. So what they did is they needed to reframe the environment to try to show the nation what was actually happening. They needed to reframe it. And so they, they got two gen retired generals um, to try to, to, try to uh, show the world what was actually happening. So these two retired generals, uh, they did a military-style threat assessment of the border. And in fact, that threat assessment is still up on the Texas Ag website. And the, the assessment- You mean Texas Agriculture website, correct? Correct. Yep, the Texas Agriculture website. Yep. And uh, what's very interesting is that um, if, if, if you were to look at this military assessment, it is actually pretty slim pickings. It's, it, it's not actually a really thorough military assessment, um, but it, it did start a conversation. It did show that two retired generals did come down here and truly testify that the Mexican cartels uh, did form an insurgency, that they now own and operate both sides of the border, that they've created a sanctuary state for themselves on the U.S. side, and that they had a strategic, um, they had a foreign, a foreign strategy inside the United States. Um, what's, what's really also interesting in that time period is in 2011, the, um, the state of Tamaulipas also declared themselves ungovernable. They formally declared that they were a fallen state. Now, Tamaulipas sits directly below Texas. This same year also, I would also like to highlight, um, there was another statement made by Hillary Clinton that same year, not just Kamala Harris when she was secretary of state said um, it's looking more and more like Colombia looked 20 years ago where the narco traffickers controlled certain parts of the country. These drug cartels are showing more and more indices of insurgencies. That same year, uh, another statement was made. Let me see if I can find that. The statement was made by the Undersecretary of Army. 
Um, he was the second highest civilian position in uh, the Department of Defense. And he also declared the exact same thing, that the cartels were uh, insurgencies. They were no longer just criminal organizations. And that uh, they needed to be dealt with as such. Um, what's what's kind of sad is, is based, given all this information, every single thing that we had, the assessment done by the... Um, by the two generals and the uh, last 150 pages that I said is testimonials of ranchers of congressmen and women of sheriffs just like sheriff co testifying what was actually happening after statements by hillary clinton after statements by the undersecretary of the army after a statement of kamala harris what's also interesting is kamala harris was getting uh, california at that time was getting uh, destroyed by the sinaloa cartel and that's why she made that statement. In fact, she also did she also did a study. It took three years, and that study is actually very good. It's actually even better than the ones that the two generals did, showing the the spillover of the cartels inside the United States, and specifically in California. Now, um, at this time period as well, Todd Staples wanted to try to make this. Um, more readily accessible to the viewers. So what he did is he actually built a website. And that website contained a bunch of videos um, showing America what was actually happening on the border. Showing true stories, anecdotal evidence of the, the invasion from uh, massive amounts of illegals, from the godaways, from the criminals, and also an invasion of an insurgency at that time period from the Mexican cartels. Um, immediately when he put that up, of course he was attacked. Immediately when the two generals came out and testified, of course they were attacked. They were all attacked by those who wanted an open border. And so here we are, here we sit today, even after all of those assessments, more than a decade ago, those testimonials, even the testimonials of Tamaulipas, the state of Tamaulipas itself, stating that they were uh, no longer governable, that they were a fallen state. And then on top of that, the United, Spe United States Special Operations Command Asymmetric Warfare Group also, because of all this that was going on, created their own study. And they did a vulner vulnerability assessment of the border and specifically against the Zetas and the Sinaloa cartel. To, tr to show how we can actually truly take on these two major cartels at that time period, destroy them, and also secure the border. So after all of that, what has happened? Now, my question really is no longer to the federal government. We already know that they're not going to do anything. So my question now comes to Greg Abbott to Paxton, to Sid Miller, to all these offices and public officials that were duly elected to protect the citizens' health, safety, and welfare. What are they going to do about it? Greg Abbott formally declared the cartels as terrorist organizations, made that formal declaration. Well, where are his counterterrorism op uh, operations? Where are they? They are non-existent. 
Texas has a whole infantry division, 36 infantry division. And yet, what are they doing? They are beholden to U.S. Border Patrol policies. That's what's happening. So there's a lot How of- How did that come about that the Texas state infantry is subservient to Border Patrol, federal? How did the state's rights to have that unit be usurped by the federal government? Do you have any information on that? Sure. So when Operation Lone Star started, um, the Governor Abbott, so whenever, whenever a commander gives an operations order or an order, he gives a commander's intent, which kind of gives you the left and right limits. It gives you an end state of what success looks like. Well, without that commander's intent, when Operation Lone Star happened, commanders were commanders on the ground were kind of had to make the decision on what they were going to um, what they were what they were going to do with such amb- ambiguous guidance on the border. So when when commanders came down here, a lot of them, as you saw when during the gubernatorial. Um, um, uh, process like with Chad Prather, Alan West, and Don Huffines when they were going against Abbott, they were they were pushing all this information out. And you can look it up. You can look up Alan West's all his stuff is still on, up on YouTube of exactly how Operation Lone Star was failing and how it failed. But really, what was happening is uh, they were coming down here and they were quote unquote opcon, meaning that they're they're higher because they were on uh, state active duty orders. They're they're quote unquote boss really was department of public safety. However, when you came down here, they took all commands from border patrol uh, to include where their uh, sites are going to be located on the border, how they run their operations, when they can turn people back, when they can apprehend, when they can be a part of things. So not only did they do that, but there are also commanders down here that don't want their men doing anything. So you saw it on social media during uh, that campaign against uh, Greg Abbott in the primaries. You saw a lot of soldiers um, whistleblowing themselves on their trying to so- social media showing what they were doing, which was just watching Netflix in their in their Humvees. It was at, it was at a time when they uh, it got so bad they actually tried forming a union. Lower enlisted soldiers trying to f- form a union based to do off their of- job to be allowed to do their job. It was, it was really bad. It's, um, and so really what's happening now when Greg Abbott goes up there and states that the National Guard is doing this, that we're pushing people back, that we're securing the border, we're getting operational control, that is, that is a complete lie. Um, what is actually happening is, um, unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, we are at the, the National Guard is um, at the discretion of Border Patrol's commands. Which really does no good because we already know that the Border Patrol has been directed by the Biden administration officials to do nothing and to basically serve as, with Border Patrol agents, serving as essentially caretaking of the migrants and not doing their job for proper border security enforcement. It, it truly is staggering. And, and I think the majority of Americans, unless they live 
near the border have no idea how bad it really is. And, and I've watched this for many years. I mean, it has been a problem in Arizona the whole 30 years I've lived here. But it escalated dramatically under Obama's policies, which basically were stand-down policies on enforcing any border laws and enforcing the immigration laws. And they had the surge of the children, they called them, across the border from coming in from South and Central America up through Mexico with Mexico's support. And the Obama administration welcomed them and provided social services supports for them, along with no medical screening. So they were bringing in diseases. And that was going on for the whole eight years. And everybody, I'm sure, remembers the fast and furious gun operations that were supported by the DOJ under Obama and ended up in the death of Brian Terry, Border Patrol agent in Arizona, as well as many citizens in Mexico. So it was a disaster under Obama. And now we have the Biden administration carrying it to the next level of lawlessness and allowing the cartels free reign. This is Dr. Lee for America with the whistleblower report on the border report today. We will be right back after the break. Listen to us every day, Monday through Friday, 12 noon and 12 midnight Eastern time right here on America Out Loud and go to truthforhealth.org for all the archives and all of the resources, medical and legal treatment and resources on what you can do to better get involved and help defend our constitutional republic. We will be right back. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com, seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Cold and flu season is here. Wouldn't it be great if you had a way to minimize airborne viral threats? Well, now there is, and it's a povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray called Cofix RX. You might even say it's just what the doctor ordered. To reduce your chance of getting hurt, you wear a safety belt when you're driving. To limit sun damage, you wear sunscreen on the beach. Cofix RX is just like that. It's an additional layer of protection. 
It's sold by thousands of pharmacists and medical doctors nationwide. It's made right here in the USA. Again, it's a povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray. You've heard them talk about it here on the Outloud Network over and over again. Check out cofixrx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com for a retailer near you or use coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off at cofixrx.com. Welcome back to the second half of the Whistleblower Report. This is Dr. Lee for America with our guest, Border Patrol agent under the pseudonym Samuel Adams. Very appropriate pseudonym, fighting to defend liberty in America and holding to the rule of law as well. So we were talking about the situation in Texas and the fact that the governor the attorneys general going back a number of years in both Arizona and Texas, but particularly egregious in Arizona, have really not done their jobs to defend the citizens of either state, leaving us to the lawlessness of the cartels and whatever else is coming across the border. Talk to us, Agent Adams, about the comparison what you hear from colleagues in the Border Patrol working in Arizona versus what you're seeing working in Texas. Yeah, so there's a major difference in operations, and it all it is all because of politics, right? So unfortunately, in Arizona, you guys really are the wild, wild west. We, we in Texas at least have Texas DPS support, Right. Whether the whether the guys uh, the local guys in the ground want to support uh, as much as they can or or want to, um, we still have that support here. We also have the drawbridge system here, the cameras set up all, all along the border that aid both us DPS and local law enforcement to kind of gain somewhat of a situational understanding of the border. Where, but unfortunately in Arizona, that's not the case, and. Um, Arizona, the, the silos of information sharing, the silos of operation sharing, and um, is, not, is really not there. Um, there is a, a major gap in coordinating efforts between Border Patrol agents, uh, local law enforcement, and the uh, Sheriff's Office, uh, to include also the National Guard that was also um, uh, was also on the border there in Arizona. And now, unfortunately, unfortunately, given uh, your guys' new uh, governor, it's going to be even, even worse. What you guys are going to see, what um, is going to be a larger scale oper- uh, Sinaloa cartel operation in Arizona. I mean, we were already seeing it now. Uh, there was uh, a compound that Jason Jones uh, pushed out on social media. This compound was actually found by not by Border Patrol, not by DHS, not by uh, your guys' state troopers. It was actually found by a, um, a, um, a security firm, Mayhem Solutions Group. Sean over there at Mayhem Solutions Group uh, was able to find a, a compound 300 meters away from the border. It was a Sinaloa cartel compound. All these guys were all kitted up armed and everything else. In fact, when he started flying more and more, uh, they started shooting at the drones. And there's footage on, if you go to Jason Jones's website, 
or Twitter or any of his other hand, handles, you guys will be able to see uh, that drone footage of them trying to shoot at the their drones. So what's happening is uh, because the federal government's not going to protect the citizens, the state definitely will not. So it leaves it up to private security firms like Mayhem Solutions Group and ranchers trying to figure it out, trying to do it on their own. And unfortunately, Sinaloa cartel, I mean, they're, not, they're no longer the greatest cartel anymore. Um, uh, CGNG has surpassed them. However, it was the Sinaloa cartel that put Mexico on its knees in 2019. Who made AMLO take a knee and bow? One cartel. To, and it truly showed that Mexico is a completely failed state. The cartels have the power. So that cartel, that's what's underneath. The Sinaloa cartel is underneath and has control of both sides of Arizona's borders. What's also really bad is Arizona, though their apprehension numbers are, are not as high as, say, like Del Rio or El Paso. They are as high as Rio Grande Valley's now. And so like in Yuma and Tucson sector, but look, if you looked at Tucson sector's Godaways compared to the apprehensions, it is higher than almost every other sector. And it's those Godaways that are wreaking havoc on ranches and public pro private and public property because we have no idea who they are. We have no clue who they are, how they got there, where they went, and where they're going. Because we do not have complete situational awareness of the border. So that's really the biggest difference between Arizona and here. But all of this is going to fly under the radar. All of this. And, and I'm going to kind of tell you why. Um, if you remember, um, in 2010, um, there was the first Mexican cartel-related beheading in the United States. And it was in Arizona. Yes, I remember that. It was uh, Martin Alejandro Cota Monroy. He was killed because he had stolen a 400-pound load of marijuana from the Sinaloa cartel. In the days after uh, his beheading, though, um, not a lot of media would actually cover it. It was only local media. And then about three weeks later, there was only two conservative national outlets that were reporting on the killing and the use, using the term, quote-unquote, spillover violence in their stories. So the, the problem with situations like this and when cartels are terrorist organizations, when they own and control both sides of the border, the problem is, is they control Mexico different than they control our side. However, um, there's no standardized definition or metric system on our side to show that. This means that really that any, any government agency or sheriff's office or police department can create their own definition and say whether or not they believe that cartel-related violence or insurgency spillover or terrorism spillover is actually happening on our southwest border. They can also use these self-determined definitions to justify the allocation of, like what Co is asking for, or, the, or no allocation whatsoever of source resources 
Um, well, right- and not only that, that plays into the political agenda because we have a number of sheriffs and mayors, city councils, and and others in power in Arizona who have flagrantly violated U.S. law by creating sanctuary cities. And they know they're doing it. The law enforcement deputies, Pima County is well known for that. And the, the sheriff of Pima County for years was supporting sanctuary city, Sheriff Dupnik. Then we finally had a competent sheriff elected and in the election fraud of 2020, he was ousted through the fraudulent stolen election of 2020. So it, it is, if they can create the metrics to, to determine whether the border's safe or secure or not, then obviously they can use the metrics however they want to support their political belief that there should be a sanctuary city and the border should be open and we should have let anybody come in. Yes, ma'am. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to describe a little bit why and, and Jason Jones, of course, is really the subject matter expert on this. And if you guys can ever hear him speak, um, you really need to, but um, in an off sided speech at the university of uh, Texas, El Paso in January, 2011, see, I keep going back to that same time period. Uh, DHS Secretary Napolitano announced that FBI crime statistics showed violent crime rates in southwest border counties were down 30% over the previous two decades and were, quote unquote, among the lowest in the nation. Okay, so they're going to continually say this, whether that's the mayor of El Paso, whether it's all these uh, pro-open border county sheriffs, pro-open border ranchers. Pro, anyone pro-open border here on the border, they're going to say this. And why is that? And that is because um, of the FBI's Uniform Crime Report statistics. They support their assessments. So the FBI was charged with managing this crime statistic aggregation database in 1930 and contains data provided by almost 17,000 law enforcement agencies. So there are thousands of ways to pull data from this database because it classifies uh, the information by city or county or region, by population and by by crime. Because of this, it's relatively easy to pull uh, statistics in a way that supports almost anyone's theory about the rise or decline of criminal activity. And unfortunately, the Uniform Crime Report does not cover any cartel-related activity not one is covered under the uniform crime report that's staggering yes so anyone who just left out anything that's related to the cartels 100 percent, and that is how they're able to do it that is how they're able to hide everything they can state doj as a source and state based off of the uniform crime report the border is completely safe and you ranchers are lying. That's and stunning. And I'm sure that, that the public does not know that. No, ma'am. And also that's, that's also why they can say that the border is getting more secure. They do the same thing because the only border security measures are apprehensions, turnbacks, and gotaways. 
So when they hide the Godaway data and publicly don't announce it, and then they only highlight the apprehension rate, that too can also be a pro or con. Because if apprehensions go up, they can say, look, we're apprehending everybody. If apprehensions go down, they can say, look, we're deterring everybody. So they manipulate this data to show that the border is secure. Meanwhile, they have done nothing at all to actually secure the border. So that is what's going to happen in Arizona. Things, the Sinaloa cartel is going to continue to control. They're going to continue to push up their operations, continually further north and flood Arizona, even more so than Texas, with uh, cartel-related operations, uh, with, uh, with grow sites in Arizona, everything you find in Mexico other than kinetic action, force on force, other than in major cities, like in Chicago or like Chirac, we call it, or like in Houston, where there's actually massive violence and it's all related by the cartels. In fact, if you look right now, if you look at Chicago's public enemy number one, it's Elemento. It's not. It's not the. It's not the the Crips of the the Bloods. It's 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 not the gangs threat. It's Elemento from CJNG is their number one enemy. And so the CJNG cartel leader is public enemy number one in Chicago, United States. Correct. He's public enemy number one officially in Chicago. That's just unbelievable. And, and, and see, that's, that's the crazy part is um, Business Insider wrote an article based off the DEA's threat map of the United States of where the cartels are actually currently operating. And they took on the role of siding with the cartels, saying that the DEA lied, that the cartels don't exist. Well, how are they able to do that? Because of the Uniform Crime Report. All of their operations are hidden because we don't have the metric system to highlight what's actually happening. When Sheriff Well, Cope, it's, it's deliberately hidden and deliberately set up not to show it. It's not that we don't have the, the data. It's that it's deliberately set up to hide it. Right. And we actually don't have the metric system to support it either. So we, unfortunately, we don't have the metrics um, and the system to actually gather the, those metrics to formulate an actual uh, picture of the threat nationwide that doesn't exist to show the, the nationwide threat from the Mexican cartels. You may have uh, maps by DEA. You may have maps by Haida, And that's about it. It's not going to show anything more than that. And, uh, and so unfortunately, those of us here on the border, when Sheriff Coe is pleading for your help, Governor Abbott can go out there, show pictures of the National Guard on the border, show DPS apprehending people, doing drug apprehensions and everything else, showing these 10-day um, dog and pony shows on the border and say, look, we're doing everything we can and look how much we're doing. But unfortunately, he's hiding everything else. He's only highlighting 
picturesque pictures of what's going on the border. And inputs equal outputs. Meaning, what is it that the general public in both Arizona and Texas see? Where are they getting their information? What do they see? Because I'll tell you what, when I go throughout the state of Texas, they have no idea what's happening on their own state's border. And these are Republicans. So where is their source of information coming from? If you were to only look at those in power, Governor Abbott, the GOP, the leadership of the GOP, similar. If you were to look at any of those, A.G. Paxton, you'll see that they're doing so much for the state and they're, they're going to they're gonna win. And that is not the case. And they're able to hide it because they also hide their numbers. This is truly um, something so big and so staggering that tragically, I'm sure many Americans are going to have difficulty getting their mind around it. I mean, I, since I live in Arizona, I've seen the problems and, and I've spent a lot of time over the last 20 years really talking with Border Patrol agents and military veterans and, peop- and ranchers down closer to the border. In fact, I'd really like to bring some ranchers onto this border report and let's hear their story firsthand and start getting, giving them a voice out to the broader American people about what's really happening since our political figures are not doing it. And, you know, Agent Adams, I think it comes down to what has always been the strength and uniqueness of America, and that is that it's we, the people, who have to stand against tyranny and lawlessness. That's been our history. What do do you see happening among um, people along the border in Texas, the citizens? Are Are they coming together? Are they trying to work together to create ways of defending their property against this invasion and their families and their homes? Sure. Um, so th- this is this is an interesting subject um, that I recently had a lot of conversations about uh, with some of the, some of these organizations. Uh, one specifically is the Texas Board of Volunteers. It's made up of ranchers. Uh, Dr. Mike Vickers is the leader of it, um, and I want to tell you that Dr. Mike Vickers was part of the testimonial uh, or the testimony of those two generals back in 2011. Dr. Mike Vickers has been fighting for this and has an organization to try to secure their own ranches. And recently he was, he's in an, uh, a lawsuit against uh, Biden and Americas that has gone unnoticed. In fact, the, uh, the America project um, actually sued Biden and Mayorkas both in every single district along the Southern border representing every, uh, I mean, representing ranchers along the United States border. But the only lawsuits that are making mainstream media right now are uh, like A.G. Moody's out of Florida suing Biden or the, the lawsuits that are coming from A.G. Paxton's office. But Mike Vickers and all the ranchers along the border uh, are trying to fight Biden and Mayorkas any way they can. 
And so I would suggest everyone to go to the America Project, look up that lawsuit. Now, unfortunately, right now, there's a recent headline that shows that the Democrats are going to start investigating um, these quote-unquote militias. They're going to start uh, stating that these men and women who want to secure the border are domestic terrorists. Now, as I said before, the federal government has framed that the border is only of uh, a humanitarian crisis, meaning that it is only refugees, asylum seekers, families, and UACs. So why would there be any need to have militias down here? Other than the only re reason militias are down here is to try to attack refugees. So that is their narrative. And they're going to play on that narrative. So unfortunately, a lot of citizens that want to come down here and actually do something are going to be labeled by the Department of Justice as domestic terrorists. And, and so there's, there's a lot of people and organizations in the state of Texas that are up in arms, that are trying to figure this out. Unfortunately, it's mixed in with grifters because the border is such a hot topic. They know, I, I, it seems like every, every other day there's a new pack, a super pack, a border coalition, a border task force created by these people. Some of them have good intents, intentions. Some of them have malicious intentions and want to make a profit while selling fear, while selling outrage, and, and offering no solutions. I will tell you this. For the most part, the majority of these PACs, super PACs, um, and everything else, they host these events, they host rallies, they try to show what's happening. Unfortunately, that is all they do. They keep getting and gaining money to only highlight the problem. Their only solution is to highlight it so much to try to get Abbott to act, to get Paxton to act or get the federal government to act. Well, well the federal government under this administration clearly is acting diabolically and malevolently in opposition to solving the problem. They're creating the problem by design. It is destruction of the USA by design under this yep. administration. So they're not going to do anything. And I still have difficulty figuring out why Abbott and Paxton, when they were attorney generals and when they were in other positions in Texas, as well as now, why they are not doing more to use the power that the state has to solve these problems. I would like to give you an open invitation to talk with Dr. Mike Vickers, any of the ranchers that you're in communication with, and if they are willing to come on and speak publicly, even if they wish to use a pseudonym, as long as I know who they are, and on the whistleblower report, we can protect their identity, then I would like to give them a platform to reach a broader swath of the American people and those in other countries who listen to all the podcasts that go global from this whistleblower report. And I'd, I'd like for you to see this. We at least can help bring the information to people and put out the calls for solutions and ideas and discuss solutions because that's our focus. We're a public charity. We're not here to make money. Our donations support our legal defense actions. 
the outreach to the public to let them know what's really going on, that the government's hiding from them. So we can be a platform. This is the public charity's efforts to give voice to those who've been censored and suppressed. So I want to thank you for the time that you've spent in getting me up to speed currently, given that my work on this was a few years ago. And I appreciate the resources that you've shared, which will be part of the show write-up on americaoutloud.com when it goes to podcast. And I, I just applaud your courage in speaking out and trying to find solutions. Please share this with your the contacts who want a voice. We will help them get their messages out to the public in any way possible. Thank you for being with us today. And for all of our listeners, this is your life, your community, your security, your safety, perhaps your children's lives, because children are kidnapped to be brought into the human trafficking. This is your country. It is time for you to take this seriously, get off the couch, get involved, and start working towards the solutions that Truth for Health Foundation and the Whistleblower Report and all of our courageous patriots are bringing forward as options. Go to truthforhealth.org, click on the medical and legal resources, use the criminal complaint forms, start looking at the 10letters.org project to send letters to your state governor and your state attorney general asking for them to intervene and set up grand juries. Look at the criminal complaints that you can file in your state without an attorney. And for all of you, join our crusade and help be part of the solution as we work hard. We the people, this is a we the people public charity. We defend America and we help support those in the Border Patrol, law enforcement, and our military who are doing their best and risking their lives to fight for all of us. Let's join together and start working as we the people towards the solutions that our politicians and our government are failing to do.